every hour on the hour. When we listen and gain our knowledge and power, we turn to the no bullshit hour. Let's just start breaking this. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. Where's the ashtray? Oh, shit. How about doing this Beatles box back here? <laughs> Thank you. Does he really collect this crap? Yep, all of it, man. Trinkets. He likes trinkets here. Weird dude, yeah. that Drew, man. He's a weird dude. His dog's cute. Uh, welcome to the No Bullshit News Hour, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we have to do it. The economy. From your dollar to Wall Street to the housing market to municipal financing, crime, small business, going out of business, all of it. We got to do it. That's the news. And as we go, I w- I'm going to go ahead. Give me give me the uh, Luke Nowacki song from Maurice Davis. Oh, really? As always, this is brought to you by Luke Nowacki. Right, a pinnacle wealth. Listen to it, buddy. I was with him for five hours yesterday, trying to figure out what's going on with gold. What's going on with the stock market? What's going on with inflation? You can't guess, and you can't overreact. Need a plan. You, 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 look, now more than ever. I'm, I'm hanging out with the guy for five hours. We're talking about the oil fields. Remember fracking? <laughs> yeah. Well, what's, what's gas doing now? Great question. Okay, three, 340? Remember they capped those things? I think they're uncapping them, maybe. Highest in seven years? Gas we're, we're calling out west to people in the oil field trying to figure out what energy's doing. Biotech. Come on, folks. Get some rational advice. Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. Right? Get your strategy. One more time. Luke Nowacki. 248-663-4748. I use them. That's all I can tell you. And what the hell is going on with the housing market? Private equity. Blackstone. They're buying it up, snapping it up. Can you afford it? Is your house worth more? Can you refinance it? Bring your debt load down? Save a couple payments? Huh? I don't know. I need someone who knows. Rates are low. You're going to have to go to Hall Mortgage, David Hall Mortgage. Thank you for sponsoring us. We really appreciate it, David, right? It's a great partner. Rates are still at historic lows. You heard the Fed is thinking of raising them. What you waiting for? You Do wait, it now. You waiting to pay more? Yeah. <laughs> Now's the time, folks. DavidHallMortgage.com or call 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. Make sure you tell them I sent you. You get treated better. You know, it's like inside baseball. This is where you do repartee, folks. Karen and Mark, this is where you say something clever. Uh, something clever. Hi, Karen. <laughs> I'll just throw it to Karen. I, I want to I know, know where Charlie found gas for 340 I paid 380 the other day. Did you That's really? I want to know. 
380? Well, when yeah, you get, when you get premium. My car. Yes. Well, 380. 380. And did you pay credit? I always use my debit card. I don't go inside a gas station. Right. So, I mean, credit's 390, right? That's four fucking dollars. Well, I don't, I don't, I, but I don't know if debit is any different. I don't know. I get out, put, you know, get out and get in. I don't hang out. So, but I just know it wasn't 340. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, Here's what we're going to do. I, I hope this is going to work. We got a Wall Street Titan. I went to college with him. His name's Jeff Radke. It took he, you four minutes to read his bio to me, man. Uh, the guy's done a lot. The guy's, he's the, he's the freaking global guy. Yeah. I, you know, he. I studied economics. He what are you doing economics. hanging out with him? <laughs> we used to be football cheerleaders together. He's a great dude. Great. And over the course of the years, when I'm trying to figure out big picture, I call him to, to educate me. So... He's one of my friends and one of my sources, and you're all entitled to it. I, I hope it works because he's he's just so in there. It's difficult sometimes, but I'll jump in. But before we get to him, little nursing home update because you know me. I'm not quitting. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I want the answers. I'm not a bozo guy in the media. I'm going till we get the answers. Here it is. It was a... Uh, it was uh, two days ago, the New York Bar Association Task Force. Hardly a um, partisan outfit. Sure. Mm-hmm. Where they find that the Cuomo nursing home order to co-mingle, right? Put yeah. hot people, hot patients back in the nursing homes did cause more deaths and should have been re- uh, reversed sooner. Now, he only had it in place six, seven weeks. And then switched. Our government, in a way, we still have it, but ours wasn't until October where they even addressed it, okay? So it's important. So what do they find? That the Department of uh, Health's unreasonable mandate uh, led to the deaths. That it was commonly read, this decree from Cuomo's health department, it was commonly read as overriding, right, the regulations of nursing home facilities, right, in terms of their safety protocols, like that's going to be overridden. You have to take them. You're mandated to take them gotcha. whether you can or not. Yeah. Okay. Right. Cuomo's out there saying I mandated. Yeah. Yeah. But it was commonly assumed you just take them. And that's in fact what happened. The report also says it was unreasonable to leave the directive in place so long hmm. before he reversed it. In addition, the report notes that when the controversy over the directive erupted, Cuomo and his people ordered the nursing homes to secure a 60-day supply of personal protection equipment, which didn't exist, and it was too expensive for them. So they're cutting corners. It was a stupid directive. So, so they're verifying what I think most people thought. It's nice to have that report, though, huh? Yeah. Again, you know, like, everything's political. Yeah. But what about we the people and, and our elders? Okay, at the same time, here's news from what we're doing in our corner. The House Oversight Committee, run by Republicans, of course, has called, here's the official letter, the Auditor General of the State of Michigan for a comprehensive review of nursing home deaths. Now, it's only a number. Mm -hmm. They want to know the true numbers, not about infection protocols and PPE. They want to know, um, they want to see the death certificates. They want the vital records reports from the long-term care facilities. They want them to be matched. 
the death certificates to the numbers being reported. They want a number of all long-term care facilities. Remember, the small uh, foster care homes yeah. uh, weren't even, 13 weren't, and under. Yeah, weren't, weren't even required to report. So that, there you go. You're welcome. May, okay, maybe we'll get that answer. But that almost seems like it's done in lieu of an investigation. <laughs> nice one. Yeah, well, no, I'm serious. Where's our investigation? That's kind of what I'm getting at. But it, you know, it sounds like they're doing it that way in drips and drabs, however they can, because our attorney general just doesn't seem to have the will to. And remember, the New it. York State attorney general began the investigation on the numbers and the conditions in the nursing home. Ours, for some reason, has no time or inclination to do the same, which we deserve since we did exactly what New York did for a longer period of time. But what is our attorney general doing? Yeah, I'd love to know. I'd love to know. My friends at the Michigan uh, Mackinac Center for Public Policy, my lawyers, foiled some emails oh. uh, in regard to, um, you know, the woman from Holland who uh, defied state lockdown orders, sure. kept her restaurant open. There's a lot of rallies outside her restaurant. Yeah, and yep. they, they went and arrested her. Well, well, here's what's going on. Attorney General Dana Nessel wanted the lockdown-defying restaurant owner arrested before she was scheduled to go on Fox TV, Tucker Carlson. So they got wind she's going to go out there, right, and tell her story, and Nessel wants her arrested. Let me, let me quote. Here's Nessel on March 12th. Do we know her whereabouts? We should just have her picked up before she goes on. Wow. This is outrageous. Can you believe this? Some PR bullshit, Karen. That kind of draconian. I mean, what do you mean where, whereabouts would you have her picked up? What are they going to kidnap her and prevent her from doing something that she has the right to do? Or, you know, just are you really playing a PR game like this with the police? Look, so Nestle well, says. She seems more concerned with an appearance. She's playing it very well. Yeah. And she's uh, concerned more with the appearance on Fox than. Should I be prepared to respond to this? Nestle asks. I hope she gets the full 93 days for this. That's the maximum penalty for civil contempt. 93 days. Okay. Then she writes to her aide, does the Michigan State Police intend to find her? Or are they planning to wait until next week? Which her assistant writes back that she will let the Michigan State Police know about this, quote, new information. What the fuck is going on? Wow. It's amateur hour. Yeah, and it's strictly it's strictly politics. It's not, you know, she's the attorney general. It's supposed to be the, the main prosecutor in this state. Yeah, allegedly. Right, it doesn't bother me. Let allegedly, her, it's, This is America. <laughs> yeah, Let her do what she wants to do. We, we will execute the law as we're to execute the law. This is what's going on. The county jails are fucked up. You're responsible for them. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah. Why don't I like Republicans? Oh, no. Well, Those no. are all Democrats. Republicans stink. I'm not doing your conspiracy theories. And the FBI led the charge on Capitol Hill. And, and Duggan had a secret wire underneath Cobo <laughs> Hall to pump in fake votes. This is why I don't like Republicans. Listen to this. Oh, boy. So this is my research. Yes. This is the bill analysis. Their breakout, you know, the budget for next year. This is the... Senate Fiscal Analysis Nonpartisan uh, Committee Agency uh, for the Licensing and Regulatory Affairs Budget, who are, were supposed to be monitoring the nursing homes, Laura. Mm -hmm. but they got scared and never went into them. Okay, so item number four, the Nursing Home Infection Control Surveys. Governor Whitmer included $1.1 million for nursing home infection control surveys in relation to the COVID-19 pandemic. 
1.1 million. Uh, it's a little too late. Yeah. Okay, but maybe we're going to see what happens. It's not that much either. Okay. What'd the Senate do? They declined to fund it. Why? Republican-controlled Senate. Yeah. Okay. What did they decide to fund? Um, $650,000 for increased inspections in the adult-use marijuana market. So you're going to inspect the the marijuana market, but not where the frail and infirm live. Mm. Next item. The governor included $500,000 from the Marijuana Regulation Fund to provide greater access to loans and capital for the marijuana industry. Hmm. And we can't get a look at the old, at the long term, at how diseases spread in the nursing homes. Wow. Okay. So why would they decline that? It's just not that much money. Well, I can tell you why. Yeah. Okay. This is the House Finance, I mean, Senate Finance Committee. Who's on the Senate Finance Committee? That would be. Mm, Republican Senator Kurt Vanderwall, who's also chairs the Health Policy and Human Services Committee. <laughs> Why do I point him out? Because he's one of the top money takers from the Nursing Home Political Action Committee. Oh, wow. Okay, and I'll give you, I'll give you the biggest recipients. The House Republican Campaign Committee, the Senate Republican Campaign Committee, the ch- former Speaker of the House, the Chatfield Majority Fund, Curtis Vanderwall. <laughs> you don't got us in mind. It seems like a poorly written drama, you know? Like, it just seems too obvious. It is bullshit, folks. Ugh. Wake up. God, man. Wake up. Text the shit. Unlikely. Before we get to Jeffrey, right? Let yeah. me just remind you about ADR. It's pretty simple. ADR consultants are the ones you call when you need to get something fixed, whether with the government, whether with your assets, whether you need uh, permits you can't get, you're having property disputes, you need technology in your police department, the surefire fix-it guy, Barry Ellentuck. He knows his way around. Right? Construction, deconstruction, demolition, rehabilitation, project management, owner representative services, etc. You know it. Get it done the right way, no excuses. And always remember, ADR. A is for ethical. <laughs> D is for honest. R is for smart. <laughs> also discreet. <laughs> Call Barry Ellen hey, Tuck for that, That's that U of M education. <laughs> Thank <laughs> yous. <laughs> Thank yous. When, when, when I got my degree, that's what I said. Thank yous very much. Uh, call Barry Ellen Tuck for a free consultation at 248-318-9424. Mention the no bullshit hour and tell them you need someone to fix your shit. Amen. Okay. Now this. Okay. I can't wait for this. Look, folks. Economics, 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 freakonomics. Everything's about money. Mm-hmm. Everything. Even when we're complaining about race. Why? Because some races of people got less than others. It's always about money. It's everything. The, the color is green. Now, today, inflation is through the roof. Unemployment is high. But the governor of Michigan is going to give unemployment dollars to people who take a job as a reward for actually fucking working. <laughs> right they, yeah she's not going to turn away free federal money but uh she, you know people need to get back to work the federal deficit yeah they're spending like there's no tomorrow they're printing money at a rate where you're wondering if there's going to be a tomorrow the value of the dollar's falling the price of gold's falling falling the price of bonds is falling purchasing power is falling what the hell's going on 
I got your answer. Here to talk about it. (laughs) The sky is falling. Well, it's a time. Don't run and hide. Be brave. Be adults. Luke Nowacki tells you, get a strategy. I hope my friend Jeff Radke is going to give you some kind of insight. Now, in regular people language, (laughs) he's my old football cheerleading pal, right? Who, in his very successful career, has headed up the futures, the options, and the equity desks for some of the world's largest bank. Um, Brother, welcome in. You there, Jeffrey? Unmute it, bro. Hey, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, Jeffrey, my brother, inflation, what's up? Is it short-term? Is it long-term? The feds are talking about an interest rate hike. What's that mean? Why is inflation at 5%? Thanks for having me. Good to see you after 34 years of knowing you. Um, It's pretty simple. I mean, the pandemic shut down the economy. The the, uh, government stepped in to try and help provide liquidity via a mechanism called QE, where they issue reserves. They give that money to the central bank. The central bank buys treasuries, which gives money to banks to go out and give loans. Um, And when you do that, you know, in 2020, the money supply was increased by about $5 trillion, which is massive. I think we're now up to like $20 trillion of money supply, and that creates inflation. Um, and it also drives down interest rates um, and makes stuff look cheap. Quantitative easing. Let, let's explain what this is, right? Let's tell me if this is right. The United States Treasury issues bonds. We need a loan. Give me your money, right? Who wants to buy that? There's not even a market for that. So the Federal Reserve takes the Treasury's bonds, right? They, they end up buying them. Is that correct? Yes, from primary dealers. Okay. Banks. So where does, exactly what where does the Federal Reserve get money to buy them? They just create the reserves. So what they do is since the Fed is in charge of money, it just says it has more money. It adds zeros to its own account. Is that correct? Yeah, the full faith of being able to tax people as the U.S. government. So did you hear that? Yeah. The federal government can't collect enough revenue to actually buy the things it uses and pay people. It's, it's got to borrow. Nobody wants to borrow this in enough volume that the Fed, which is the bank for the Treasury, is just creating money. This, is, this would be illegal if I did it. Mm-hmm. Right, it would be like me taking my bank statement. I want to go buy a house. It says one thousand dollars. I write a, a couple zeros on it, and I've got one hundred thousand dollars. Is that about right, Jeffrey? You got it. It's a simple math, and that money gets you know put to work in the economy. Um, and based on people coming back from the pandemic and the demand, on top of all that stimulus, um, you you have things like used cars selling for twenty percent more than. Normal, you have your house going up by 20%. You have, you know, steak at the grocery store costing 20% more than it did six months ago. Gasoline, uh, it's like over four bucks here on the East Coast. So, so are those all connected or are those just different sectors because the pandemic affected them differently? Say, uh, particularly with cars, you know, the, the shortage of chips, or is everything, is every sector going up? Um, you, you know, it, it's pretty consistent, the inflation across the board. Um, the numbers that are quoted in the press are X food and X auto. So 
we, you definitely know the, the, the uh, car market is affected by the chip shortage. Um, and it's causing problems for Hertz. It's causing problems for anybody who wants to buy a new car. And it's driven up the price on, uh, on the used car market. So this is twofold. We have the Fed's waiting around to raise interest rates to see if the, the, the hiccup, hopefully, in inflation is only because pent-up demand and the bottleneck and nobody was working and, and we're caught behind. But there's also the long-term look at it, which is you've got one barrel full of money and you just printed another barrel full of money and now you've got two barrels of money. So each dollar that's in there is now worth half of what it used to be. This is what the uncertainty is. Is that right, dude? You know, if the economy, as far as I can tell, the economy is, is booming. So is that extra stimulus really needed in the economy? Are we over pushing the economy? Um, employment, you know, there's arguments that the unemployment is because of people not wanting to go back to work because of the unemployment, uh, extra federal $300 uh, a week, uh, used to be 600 or whatever it was um, a year ago. I don't know. Every industry seems to be affected by lack of, of workers, whether it be uh, landscapers, uh, bars, uh, restaurants, um, the dentist's office. It's just everywhere you go, there's a help wanted sign. Um, I don't think people have a clear answer as to why um, that's happening, other than you do point to the fact that there's until September that unemployment. Uh, extra unemployment check. What about all the inconsistencies, you know, the, the fact that school isn't, you know, was out for a while, parents didn't have childcare. I mean, everything kind of kind of got refocused a little bit away from work uh, and maybe even survival. Could that have a role in the fact that people don't want to go back to work or aren't so quick to go back to work as well? I think, you know, there's two big factors uh, that come out of the pandemic. And one is the acceptance of technology in the acceleration of the acceptance of technology, you know, just like us doing a Zoom call. Except for here. Uh, we wouldn't have done that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you go to the dentist or a doctor, uh, things like teledoc, uh, telemedicine uh, has taken over and that might remove one of the jobs uh, that was a receptionist at that office or a doctor would shut down one of their multiple offices. Um, but you're right, there's, there's also lifestyle changes. People sat back for a year and said, do I really want to commute two hours to my job? Do I really want to work nine to five inside of a building? Um, you know, the millennial worker wants to work off their laptop from a beach in the Cayman Islands, drinking Mai Tais all day, uh, while someone else, you know, goes into an office and kills themselves in the back, uh, putting together a machine or something. Right. So there's definitely a mentality change. And there's a lot of talk that people will, uh, who are going to be forced back into the office will quit. Um, and where will, where will those people move to? I think the restaurant workers definitely aren't going to go back to restaurants. I think they learned their lesson. They got burned. Well, I look at unemployment. It's at officially like 4.5%, which if you look at the course of this history, it's low. It's so mm -hmm. I don't know where all these missing workers went. It doesn't sound like they're missing. Maybe they just, you know, they're just out of the workforce. I think some of the statistics are skewed. I mean, if you look at the, yeah. the benefits for unemployment, you know, there's reports last week that came out that over $500 billion of false unemployment claims were made. Um, I would say in 2020, skilled labor actually had a great year. People, electricians, plumbers, roofers, carpenters, they had a great year. They were busy working for most of the year, unless, of course, they got sick. But 
the economy uh, was really hot on the whole East Coast and, and, and building didn't stop. So those people really were working the whole time. Um, and maybe there is a lot of fraud within the unemployment that's showing up in the numbers. Yeah, but you look at all that development and that's from the cheap interest rates, from the quantitative easing we talked about. Like I, I wrote it, you, you all know me on this program. I've been telling you for years, we're one event away whether it was COVID, whether it was a default on the subprime used car market. It's been exposed that it's a debt-ridden society, mm -hmm. that we are living way beyond our means. The president's got a new budget out, $6 trillion, with a uh, estimated $2 trillion deficit, to, right? That means we're going to have to print more money. I'll give you an example. In 2019, Trump's great year, right? Mm -hmm. The budget, federal budget, was $4.5 trillion. Okay, that's what we spent. But what revenue did the government take in? $3.5 trillion. It was a trillion dollars in deficit spending to make the economy grow $500 billion. It's voodoo. We've been, we've been in a depression since 2008. You agree with that, Jeffrey? Yeah, I, I'm concerned with the current budget that was proposed for $6 trillion. I, I don't know where the money is going to come from, but the Fed... You know, the Treasury has a responsibility to fund that somehow. Um, and who, who's going to pay for it? Is it, you know, people think, oh, it'll be my children. But I, I don't think it's, it's multiple generations um, that are kicking the can down the road. I mean, since 2008 and the meltdown of uh, after the Lehman bankruptcy, have we really paid off that debt? The deficit grows. And if interest rates go up, the, the uh, um, paying off the interest just on that debt goes up as well um so when do you actually catch up we definitely spend more money than we, we have as, I, I was as a the, normal consumer you wouldn't when you max out your credit card you're done you know you can get go get another credit card but. yeah isn't this just the proverbial can kicking that government always does i mean it's just it's it's a, the cycle it just yeah, continues yeah the budget process is pretty confusing as to how they actually do the government funding as well as at the state and municipal levels you have to wonder um, well, what are they thinking? Who signs off on this? I mean, people in Washington, whether you're Republican or Democrat, they love to spend money. Um, and we make it very easy for them to do that um, by not saying you have to have a, a balanced budget. Jeff, um, so I'm just a regular guy, two kids, family working. What should I, is there, what can I do differently if I feel like inflation is going to go up? I mean, what, what do we do about this? Is there anything we should do or can do? The interesting thing is when inflation goes up, people tend to, um, what you, you want to look for is hard assets that are go up in value. And that's one of the reasons housing has gone up. Anything physically that you can buy is going to go up in value. Um, it's hard to sit in cash. If you sit in cash as inflation goes up, your, the value of your account goes down, um, in terms of your spending ability. Um, and the thing, you know, some of this is stimulating. The whole crypto market is that you're supposed to look for um, uncorrelated assets um, to what the Fed can do. So people have gone out and bought Bitcoin uh, and um, Ethereum, and they feel that that is the you know digital gold, and that it's un it's going to be insulated from um, the inflation. Then why is gold going down? Something real and tangible that that you need for your cell phone. Uh, see, I don't get it. Why, why is gold taking a shit? It, 
it's interesting how, how the commodities trade, but if, today, if you look at some of the comments that came out of the Federal Reserve, uh, uh, the dollar actually rallied. So rallying dollar is actually negative for uh, commodities in general. Um, yeah, but then that, that's, that's, a, that's a harbinger for bad things because when the Fed raises interest rates, money costs more to borrow and it slows the economy down. And people that really don't have any money, you were saying before the show that the average American has less than $1,500 cash. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. You know, about 75% of the country in the 2000s had less than $1,500. They didn't have a checking account. And 30% of those 75% actually cashed their weekly paychecks at Walmart and spent their money at Walmart. Um, You know, they're one of the biggest cash suppliers to... Um, the individuals to cash their checks because they don't have a checking account, they don't have a credit card, and they live check to check. Um, the oh. stimulus checks that were given out uh, when when Trump started it uh, in the later part of last year, those those checks were deposited and they showed up as the increase in savings rate. And you you might see again another blip because people are going to receive child credit um, mm-hmm. uh, stimulus. Sometime in July, I assume, is what they're talking about. Yep. So you could see, you know, the child credit being $3,600 um, given. And that's kind of like an introduction to universal um, in- income programs that you, you see in Europe uh, and being popular there. I think you're going to see a, a movement towards that in the United States as well. Yeah, but we just don't have the money. So, like, I want to get to the housing market real quick and then – this would be the last subject, except one more special one to both of our hearts and genitals. But the price of housing's going up, not only because you need a hard asset, not only because the hipster wants to work in his home office, yeah. but private equity is getting in. They're seeing hard assets like Blackstone. 25% of all home sales are from these private equity groups that you're so familiar with. Are we destined to become a group, a nation of serfs? We're always, the, is the American dream dead of like owning a home and growing your assets and retiring off of it? No, I, I, you got the American dream, whether, you know, we can look at how negative people can, I'm pretty uh, uh, conservative in what, the way I look and I, I don't see that. I think the investment in single housing um, could actually stabilize that marketplace for a lot of people. The, the the uh, corporations that are doing those investments can actually maintain those properties. I really don't see, there's a certain component of uh, the, the general population that probably shouldn't own a house. We learned that lesson in 2007 uh, and 2008. People were sold stuff that they couldn't afford. Uh, they couldn't afford actually the monthly payment. They couldn't afford to upkeep it. So there's actually some benefits to actually renting that people don't always point out is one, you become a mobile workforce. Once you rent, you can actually move. If if some of these jobs come back from China and they actually uh, manufacturing is brought back to the United States or North America, um, if that happens, I'm living in Connecticut and I want to go take a job in Kentucky. Well, I got to sell my house. There's slippage there. Uh, it could take me six months to a year to sell my house. And then I have to go buy a house in Kentucky. That is all friction for the economy and for um, employment. So when you rent a house or you rent an apartment or a condo, you actually have some flexibility in where you live in the, in the United States as to where you can move. Uh, you don't have the carry cost. 
Eh, that's Wall Street talking, man. <laughs> you guys got together with with the guys you bought in Washington. You changed the laws. You blame it on us for hustling. And none of you guys lost anything. You guys made buku. Whose fault is it? My brothers? Or you guys? We can point the finger at many people. Let's do Believe it. Me, I, 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 did, I did not benefit from a Lehman bankruptcy at all. <laughs> the, uh, I mean... Think about it. If if you don't read the actual mortgage contract and just someone says sell it or sign it, excuse me, the salesperson is obviously making a commission. Um, the bank is actually making spread. Uh, they sell that to uh, a wholesaler who then um, wraps up the mortgage into a product and then sells it back again to somebody. But the the, the reality is, do we have any sense of living beyond our means? Now, I look at, my, I have two daughters in college. I look at their dorm rooms. They're like beautiful, brand new, everything. Then they want to live in an apartment. They're all living beyond their means. When, uh, we went to Michigan. We lived in a crappy dorm with 1950s vintage <laughs> bunk beds. But these kids in college today want to have their house furnished by restoration hardware. <laughs> and they're living way beyond their means. They want their first house to be... You know, everything brand new. Uh, but they're not living beyond stuff. your means, Jeff. That's the difference. You know, <laughs> they're living beyond theirs, but not yours as their parents. Oh, they expect us to pay the check that month. And you are. <laughs> I told, I'm trying to explain to my daughter what a hedge fund is and like who's buying up the houses. And I told her that house is ours, sugar baby. I don't know what it is for your generation. So respect it. Keep an eye on it. And learn how to maintain it because I just got this feeling that we're we're not in a cycle, brother. We're in an epic. If if you look at that, if if you're if you have a concern that someone's buying up housing and you already own a house, that should be helpful to you as there's actually demand for those houses. Yeah, but it's not helpful for my daughter because they're overpriced. She'll just live with you forever. Ah, oh, man. All right, look. 1980, they said the same stuff. 2000, they said the same. Yeah, but we're like the ratio of deficit spending to GDP in this country is a little bit higher than it was in the Great Depression and only surpassed during World War II when we had to borrow to make tanks. That's the difference. That And this is peacetime. I, I don't know, man. I yeah. don't know. That's a a scary statistic that you know we we issued more debt for the pandemic than we did for World War II is kind of scary. Um, we definitely overextended the stimulus. Okay, um, speaking of what was actually yeah. speaking of stimulus, I know this is a this is a sore subject, but you and I both were in the Michigan athletic department in the eighties. Karen's covering her ears. <laughs> I want to cover my eyes. Did you? Ever go see Dr. Robert Anderson, a.k.a. Goldfinger? Uh, yes, multiple times, actually, for annual physicals and a couple other times with injuries. Um, Did you say anal? anal? We, we were sent to go see Dr. Was that ankle injuries or anal injuries? Annual. <laughs> oh. So anything ever no, happened uh, to you? The, uh, uh, we're we're going to wait to... We're going to wait to discuss that in detail. So, many. Oh. But I, I think we, we all 
We all, I, I, I definitely recall having conversations after we had to go to our annual physicals that people were like, okay, that was a bit strange. It was kind of like a Seinfeld episode, someone measuring your inseam for no reason. But, hmm. um, yeah, it was weird. You know, it's fucked up too. It's going to cost rightly this university a billion, a half billion, two billion dollars, right? Yeah. Like, Bo knew they're still selling those t-shirts, bro. Yeah. Bo knows. Can you believe that you, you went in for an ankle injury and you got a, an anal exam, you got a headache and you got a thumb up your butt. Yeah. For, for, for boys, you laugh at it. Like how much young men have been abused all these years and you never talked about it. Let this freaking monster get away with it. I think it's, you know, Pretty, I, I don't think Michigan will actually pay any money. I think the insurance companies will yeah. pay the money. Um, reputationally, um, I, I don't know. How do you erase Bo's legacy at Michigan? Um, it definitely will happen, the same as Paterno at, at Penn State. Um, and I guess we'll have to just see what happens with the lawsuits. Yeah, it's chiseled in the stone in Ann Arbor. Veritas. Truth. A place of higher learning and and... and creating better citizens no i look as you're a letterman there i'm a letterman there take it down take it down yeah that's all just be a better place move on and the response to it has been atrocious, atrocious. so far atrocious jim brandstetter yeah yeah you know the voice was like it didn't happen it did happen we're he and i are standing here he and i are here it happened <laughs> There's no doubt it happened. I mean, even his, isn't Bo's son, didn't he write an article the other day? Yeah, I don't know if the son is estranged from Bo or not. It's me and you. We remember what happened to us. So come on, you know. Yeah. But yeah, you know, there's enough guys on the team said they told Bo. I believe it. Yeah. And if he didn't know, dude, you fucking exposed us. You knew and you didn't say anything? Oh, come on. I would beat your ass if I could see you. I don't, I don't, I don't take for child diddling and anybody that helps it along mm -hmm. no way none no way another way that the country's collapsing and sick there's no way you could defend that all right hey but bro you have, to, you have to change the environment too the environment can't be conducive to allowing that to happen sure. period regardless of who's there and who's not there as a parent of of four kids you know i really want to you have to be able to protect them and unfortunately, they're at school, and you're not there every day to you know listen to stuff. But um, stuff happens; it's bad. Um, and it's and teach your children it's okay to question authority. Like just because somebody is in charge doesn't mean that what they say and what they do is okay. If it doesn't look right, sound right, or feel right, nine times out of ten, it's not right. Well said. Well said. So everybody, mind your kids of that. You know, I tell my kids, just let me know. Yep. No judgment on you. But I will go fuck that motherfucker up. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Um, all right. So, Jeffrey, some total here. Save your money. Live within your means. Call Luke Nowacki. <laughs> buy <right>? Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, what's that hat behind you back there? Yeah, I, right. What's, what's that? Is that American Coney? Oh, I, I got my American Coney hat. <laughs> I'm ready for Father's Day. Wait, where, where'd you get that? I didn't send you that. Oh, I, ordered, I ordered the kid on Goldbelly. 
You did? Yep. That's the spot to order food. <laughs> I, I, actually, I sent up, I have, I'm one of six. I sent them to all my brothers and sisters for Father's Day. Today actually would have been my father's birthday. So usually we always send something to remind us of the food. But he used to bring us down to Lafayette and uh, American. We'd sit there in front of the window, watch the guy with the arm out with all the dogs on it, yeah. um, flipping mustard in it. Two seconds later, he'd sit down and brings back great memories of Detroit. Uh, give, give them a taste. Are they tasty? Go ahead. Give them a taste. Everyone loves this isn't mukbang. We don't need to watch him eat. I want to see if it's good. Look, watch. Yes, watch, watch. Because every week we tell people get those. And let's see if they're any good. Sure. <laughs> good. Everyone loves eating on camera. <laughs> you fuck, yeah. All right, man. Look, I love you. I'll, I'll give you a call this weekend. Happy Father's Day. Wait, we're going to let him finish. He got one more thing to say. Okay, man. Peace. My brother. My brother. Well, that's not the greatest outlook. Well, hey, look, that's okay. I don't Truth. know yeah, how no. that goes over with your audience. I know it's the summer, but that is for real. That The government runaway spending, you, 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 gotta, you need a strategy. Mm-hmm. It's it's really bad when you don't know what your government's plan is, because we now know from a Wall Street Titan that they don't really have a plan. Yeah, and uh, we hate the unknown and not knowing. And there's a lot of not knowing with this economy this year. I, I just think, I, I remember Karen? Like I, I wrote for that magazine, The Spectator, in 2019. The comeback's a myth. Yeah. It's all I dead. This though, Charlie, and maybe I should have asked Jeff this before he left. You know, just you know, people that are in an okay position, what should they be doing to protect that okay position? I mean, everywhere you you look and you hear, you get something different. I, I know that worry is not a strategy. What do you do? I, I really mean this. Like at that point, you call a financial advisor yeah. who has a little more uh, hipness to what's going on because uh, Mannequin Joe on his show likes Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I don't like Bitcoin because I you, mm-hmm. you forget your password, you lose it. Like, why not gold? Well, because the Fed said we're going to raise interest rates. Gold is a hedge for inflation. But- and you say it every week with the Luke Reed about having an advice. Just long term, man. It's going to go down. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. Stop with the day trading bullshit. Stop with the uh, Wall Street bets. Stop with all that. And just, you know, park it someplace where it's going to earn and then lose and then earn and then lose. Well, and you know what? If you have a little extra, you can also do that. Well, yeah, if you have, if you have extra. You need the backstop, right? You look out for your kid. Mm-hmm. So I sat with Luke for five hours. I mean, we talked about everything. He's a good man. Yeah. All right. So look. Um, Order dinner from Gold Belly. It's something <laughs> you can get from restaurants all over the country. I'm really hungry. Or you can go to AmericanConeIsland.com. I mean, but they, they also are on Gold Belly. Or you can go downtown, yeah. Michigan and Lafayette. Yep. Right? Oh, and they're hiring. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they're hiring. Come on, they're paying well. You're going to get a bonus from the state. Like, you get a bonus from the state. You know, there's health care there. Trust me, it's a great place to work. American Coney Island, 114 Lafayette Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Good boss down there. Speaking yeah. of Detroit, Michigan, here's another consequence of a lack of money. Again, governments are bereft. You know our police department's threadbare. Last night on I-75, remember, I reported about the sheriff was here last week about the shooting on I-94. Last night on I-75, two children shot. A two-year-old is dead. A nine-year-old is clinging to life. Okay, there's no police out there. There was a triple homicide this week. That's a mass shooting. There was no report of it. 
right? The media here doesn't even keep track or even call it a mass shooting of what it is. So what do we got? We got a problem. We all know about Greek town, right? <sighs> what a mess. Yeah. Right in the core of the city, the oldest functioning part of the city. Um, they're flooding the zone with police. So our man, the best report, street reporter in Detroit, comedian Detroit Red, went down Saturday night to check out the new push to clean up the streets and the violence in Greek Town. Do we have that piece ready? Here it goes. Okay. I went down to Greek Town Casino this past weekend to see if the conditions would be any better than it has been with all the violence, shooting, stabbings, and bullshit that's been going on down there for the last few months. They added more police. Uh, that was definitely evident. As I stepped on the scene, I seen at least 30 to 40 police officers. I'm talking about police at every corner, streets blocked the fuck off. They had groups of police, look like many army squads, walking up and down the street. It's so goddamn bad, they even called in police on goddamn horseback. What the hell is this? The Wild Wild West? They gonna run somebody down on a horse, <laughs> lasso their ass, and drag them in to justice? This is some bullshit. <laughs> on top of all the police they had, they even had two anti-violent community groups down there to help the police out. They had 10 to 15 members from Detroit's 300. Wait, how many members do you have out tonight to help out? Well, we started off, I think, tonight with 15, but some of them left to go home. <laughs> they had 10 to 15 members of Detroit's ceasefire. We down here with another one of our community groups that's decided to pitch in and help keep a little peace and order with ceasefire. How y'all doing tonight? We're doing phenomenal, brother. Hey, so y'all, this y'all second night down here. Second night down here, absolutely. Uh, all right, about how many members y'all got down here for now tonight? Uh, tonight, probably about 10 of us. And do you know with all the extra police force down there, as well as a couple of community groups pitching in the hand to help, somebody still managed to get stabbed up in a brawl at about 1.30 in the morning after most of that police presence disappeared? Which tells me temporary police presence ain't fucking helping. And matter of fact, it ain't working. Because as soon as y'all disappear, the bullshit starts. The problem is, is that when you got the extra police down there, they're not enforcing the law to the full extent of the law. Instead, they playing like security guards in a goddamn high school. And you probably say, what do you mean, Red? For instance, take this guy. The police saw him with an open liquor container approached him to question him about the open liquor container, in the process saw his handle of his pistol, confiscated his pistol, and walked him over to the car. I later found out that he was let go with a warning because he had a CPL. Who gives a damn? It's against the law to consume alcohol and possess your weapon. I see more open alcohol, people walking around drinking in open, clear containers you can see they was drinking, than you see at a goddamn Golf Brooks concert at Auburn Hill. <laughs> no tickets issued, though. Matter of fact, when I stepped on Monroe Street, I was overpowered by the abundant smell of marijuana smoke. 
Some good shit, too, I could smell and taste. <laughs> Not only was they smoking and get high, I seen a couple of them rolling the weed next to the goddamn police in front of them. Not a damn ticket issue. So basically, why you taking all these extra police out the neighborhoods to pack into this one little half-block area, thinking that shit's going to solve it, it's not. All you done done is, is take an already stressed police force, concentrate it into an area, while the rest of us taxpaying citizens have to wait, hope, and pray to get adequate police service. The new plan is already not working. And on that note, this your boy, comedian Detroit Red, hoping they fix the shit. Deuces. You, look, you see what Red said? We, we, we got, you know, you got to get Greek Town cleaned up. But then what do you got on the highways? And, and what about the neighborhoods? And you're right. I mean, I was I, I saw I, I heard I saw on the on Twitter last night about the shooting and was. I was very disturbed to know that a nine-year-old and a two-year-old were shot and that a two-year-old died. The nine-year-old was cleaning the life. That's not how things are supposed to be around here. Once upon a time, kids and senior citizens were protected. This is ridiculous, and it's not even the official start of summer. So you clean up Greektown. What about the highways? What about the neighborhoods? And what about the normalization of all of this? That's the bigger issue. This is so common that it's just the next thing that happens. Yep. And, you know, I mean, I've been saying it again. We went bankrupt. We took from the we already partially defunded public safety in order to to magically fund public safety. What we've been going through for a lot of years is this. And nobody was watching. And now you're all heard about the money at the top of the hour about what the government's doing. Where do you think we're going? I demand demand from City Hall a better financial plan for law enforcement. Exactly the opposite of what many people are calling for across this country. Because that's a two-year-old. That's a nine-year-old. And I know maybe maybe daddy got in some trouble in the neighborhood and they chased him. But you're driving by. It could be your baby. This is unfathomable. Fuck your skyscraper. Mm-hmm. And fuck your hockey arena. Mm-hmm. Where you don't pay anything, we need it for we the people. And and hey, Detroit, did nothing but love. Chicago, nothing but love. L.A., nothing but love. Philly, nothing but love. It's all around the country, man. We we got our priorities fucked up. Yeah. End of story. But Charlie, we've got federal dollars. And there's and there's a question about where those dollars go. Uh. And when I saw what what was initially recommended before we're going to do the dog and pony, let's ask the citizens or the residents what they want, that there were there was 50 million dollars allocated for public safety, a new fire truck and that. What about making sure that our officers are armed, equipped, trained? What about expanding? You know, I thought it was awfully I don't even know the right word for it when they had the melee in uh, Greek town that the officers are fighting with residents. There's like an all out and out fight that would never happen in any other city. So that's a good thing because nobody was shot. Nobody was tased. But what are, what are we doing and how is it that we have extra money and you've got to give second thoughts as to whether or not you should return the money, the pensions and invest in our law enforcement and our first responders? Why is that not a foremost thought? I have no idea. Look, you got a budget for squad cars. You got a budget for fire trucks. You, 
Take that stimulus money, buy that, take the budgeted money for the, the equipment and put it into overtime, put it into training. Put it into the people. The budget, the, 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 the pension, we got a $200 million a year payment coming. Put it back into their health care coverage. You, put it back into the things that were taken away. You're not allowed this, to do that. They were never part of the grand bargain, Charlie. Just we don't have enough. We never did. And we've been bullshitting. And this is what we get. And this, it, look, again, I don't want to be an I told you so. But I, I try in this community. Sometimes it's lonely. I told you this was going on. The nursing homes. This is nasty, man. I need better representation. Don't vote for the party. Vote for the, what the person's saying and hold them to it. Agreed. Now having said it. Yeah. We got red down uh, in Highland Park, which is wholly situated within Detroit. So within the heart of Detroit is Highland Park. Within Highland Park, the heart of Highland Park is Red Hot's Coney Island celebrating 100 years next week and then next month they're closing the doors for good. Wow. What's up, Red? What's up? It's good to talk to y'all. Yeah, I'm down here at Red Hot's Highland Park and let me tell you something. This place has been humming and busy and packed since I walked in the door. At one point, they were telling people 40-minute wait time. Every seat was taken. That's because so ev everybody everybody wants to say goodbye. Can you get Richard to come down, or is he busy? They still ain't. They still busy. Carol and Richard is running around here like better than young folks that I've seen working in a restaurant, and they handling this business. You wrote a really good piece on this for Deadline, um, and it's kind of heartbreaking because they just the, he says he can't get any help down there. Is that? The big reason is that they're old. I mean, the, the big just, reason is they're old, and and you know the 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 work ethic. He can't find a partner, and they've never been closed. Not through two race riots, not through two world wars, not through Vietnam. Uh, COVID closed them, and it just became obvious to him. You know, what I mean, it's not that sometimes COVID, it's time. COVID didn't kill him, yeah. but it made things obvious. You know. Richard looked like like my granddaddy that will give me a whooping if I get in his way. So I'm gonna <laughs> let y'all see him. Just turn. Tell him you giving him a shout out. Then I'm gonna get out this man' way. Okay, he ain't playing. He's been flipping dogs since I walked in the door. Okay. I love that Red feels like he's in trouble or turn something. <laughs> Richard, we know you're busy. Charlie just wanted to say hi to you right quick. Charlie, I'm sorry, man. I didn't get to you. That's all right, Next brother. Time I apologize. People are coming in like crazy because of you, maybe. Stack the loot. Hey, listen, when's the party, Richard? Thank you very much. Well, ask him when the party is. He said, when's the party? The 26th of this month. The Saturday, 11 to 4. 11 to 4. Did you get that? All the conies, chips, and pockets and You can't get no chips because nobody wants to work at the potato chip plant. <laughs> Did you know that? Better made can't. They can't get employees either? They can't get employees. Hey, wait, hey, listen. Turn it to the uh, turn it to the, the, the patrons. Turn the camera there. Yo, hey, Highland Park. What up, Joe? Highland Park. What up, Highland Park? Love you, Highland Park. Keep keep on rolling. Oh, that's great. All right. Thanks, Red. All right, boys. All right, Red, thank you for that. Uh, Michigan Institution. Yeah, 100 years, wow. Calling it quits. Like uh, Carol who said her feet hurt. Uh, Richard wants to keep going, but no, he can't, he can't find out. Think of how much that area has changed, too. <laughs> Damn. You know, Woodward. Muhammad and Ali ate there. Wow. Jerry Lewis, Joe DiMaggio, Coleman Young, 
Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Let's go in and buy it. Me, you, Red, and Mark. Oh, and fuck Joey. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe. Well, they're only open 11 to 4. 11 to 4, June 26, well, well, Highland Park on Victor Street off of Woodward. Be there, be square. I'm going to be there. Right? Yeah. Thanks, Red. Yeah. Okay, Most man. definitely. This is Jerry Red out. Deuces. Deuces. <laughs> Get out of their way. They have a business to run, Red. Red is excellent, Charlie. I mean, he just he brings a slice of you know insight that quite valuable. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and you know we, we we're close to getting our director of photography and technology. It's all close. We're getting ready. We're and gonna, internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay. You know, we it's a we, have, we have a studio getting built. Thank you for supporting the program, everybody out there. We do the best we can. Now, before we go, I want to say goodbye, folks. Before we go. I love you. Stick together. Look after your kids. Think about your financial situation. Don't panic. Just get yourself in order. Right, Karen? I've been saying this for two and look years. look out for each other. Look out for each other. Absolutely. Now, um, our homage to 9-11, as we will do every week until 9-11 comes, because it's very, yeah. very special I'm trying to find stories about working people because this segment is proudly sponsored by the Bricklayers and Allied Craft Workers Local 2. They need skilled bricklayers and caulkers to help build and restore projects throughout Michigan. You want some pay? You want some real pay? You want a real pension plan that isn't going to vanish yes. like the police? You want fully paid health care insurance yes. and a $2,000 signing bonus? All of it. Okay. You got to be a hard do worker. Do? Don't show up being a bum. Okay. Uh, they have apprenticeships with free training. The demand for skilled trowel trades is at an all-time high. Um, in order to get started in a great career, start building your future now by going to bricklayers.org. Bricklayers.org. B-R-I-C-K-L-A-Y-E-R-S.org. And click join B-A-C. Got it? Pretty simple. Yeah. All right. Here's a, good a gig, man. Story about a very lovely man in New York in 2001. The name of this piece in the New York Times that I wrote is Stray Thoughts at 1,454 feet. Tom Silliman climbed to the pinnacle of the Empire State Building early one morning in December 2001 to change the light bulb. And here's the light bulb. That light bulb. That's Look at huge. that. Look at that. That's really cool. That's the light bulb. The bulb had burned out 11 months ago, and Mr. Silliman had fixed it then, too. Why it went dark again exactly remains a mystery. But without a flashing red beacon, the building is in violation of federal aviation law. Then there are the thousands of children who are sure to be disappointed on Christmas Eve when they don't see Rudolph's blinking nose. The new bulb did not help, and the problem was deeper than a filament under glass, and Mr. Silliman, 56, hoped the city's children would not blame him for ruining Christmas. He climbed down the antenna, now the highest point in the city, and sat on the metal decking 1,367 feet above the world. He hung his legs over the side. And frankly, we drank a cup of beers. Nice. I love this old place, he said, his body illuminated by the red and green holiday lights that shine on the building from below. Mr. Silliman, the highest man in New York, stared south toward ground zero. If I could make it like before, he said, I would. 
The site still smoked, and with the floodlights, it looked as though the rubble was covered in a muslin cloth. New York did not seem itself that night. No sirens, little traffic, even the rivers did not move. But Lady Liberty still burned orange, and the city still shimmered. Mr. Silliman sat quietly for some time. From here, words seemed to be flat and slippery things, like flounder. He had been to this roost countless times, and still he marveled at the spectacle so far away from his hometown, Chandler, population 5,000, in the rural southwest corner of Indiana. Wow, what a view, he finally said. I really feel privileged to come up here and see this. I feel so sorry for all those people who died. It's like my whole town got wiped out. Everything. Mr. Silliman has worked on jobs around the world, including the huge antenna that once capped the World Trade Center. He had a relationship with the Twin Towers, and on September 11th, he watched them disappear on a television set from his office in Indiana. When I come up here, I feel it all over again, thinking about those people like ghosts, he said. But then, when I'm elsewhere, I hardly think about it at all, like my life is moving back to normal. I don't know. Do other people feel like that? Have a beautiful Father's Day. They say the neon lights are bright on Broadway. They say there's always magic in the air on Broadway. But when you're walking down that street and you ain't had it. 